Welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with over 200 different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Welcome back to the Center in the City podcast. Today, I get to interview one of my longest-running mentors as well as my first coach ever, Krista Petty. And it's such an honor to have her on the podcast. A little bit about Krista. She is a coach. She's a trainer. She's an evocateur, a possibilitarian. Krista believes that there is innate wisdom in the body and it can open us up to greater possibilities of living, loving, and learning. Krista is the CEO and founder of Boldly Embody Life and she just holds so much wisdom and knowledge about how to live in our bodies instead of letting the minds lead us. Working with Krista when I first got into the world of coaching back in 2010, 12, 2013, I believe we started working together about 10 years ago. Krista really helped me tune into living more from my body. And this became the inspiration of a lot of the work that I do with my clients because I felt the huge, powerful shift it created inside of me and how it teams up with my mindfulness practice. I know you'll leave today's episode with so many juicy nuggets of insight and wisdom. So let's settle in and let's get centered. Krista, welcome to the Centered in the City podcast. Thanks, Wade. Yay! Yeah, my cheeks are smiling because I think it was like over six, maybe eight years ago where I interviewed you for the Healthy for the Holidays little interview vignette I was doing, and I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast. I'm so excited to be here, and that you're doing a podcast, (laughs) and centered in the city, and all those fun, exciting things that you're up to. I want to begin with my famous question of sharing with us a time when you weren't centered, whatever that means to you, and how you supported yourself getting back to center? Great question. I think immediately big events show up, but I think I want to talk about just in general, right? So, um, and I can fast forward it. So let me go back when, uh, so I've been uh, doing transformational trainings for close to 30 years. And there's a particular training that I deliver that I have been doing since I was 23. And so that particular training raised me 
has been a constant companion of mine for 30 years, um, has taught me so much about myself, about people, about relationship, leadership, embodiment, um, so much. Uh, and about three years ago, I knew it was time for me to retire from it. I knew it was time for me to set it down. Um, and, uh, it was whispering, like it was just whispering in my heart and in the back of my head. And I'd thought about it before, but there was this pretty strong whisper, like it's time. And it rocked me. I didn't know if I would find something as meaningful or as purposeful. I wasn't sure I would be able to find something that I could get compensated at the level that I was and have it be meaningful and impactful. Um, I loved it. I wasn't ready to set it down necessarily. There was a lot about it that I loved. Um, and it, so it felt like I was leaving a relationship that I loved and I wasn't quite ready. And the idea for about a year, I was really unsettled about it. I, I felt I had more illness and disease in my body that year. I had more cognitive dissonance and you know rapid thoughts and kind of the monkey mind going. I couldn't seem, I wasn't sleeping well. And so there was just a lot of things going on. And I think it was because I was caught between what I knew I needed to do and my resistance to take action on it. Mm. Um, which is ironic because just three weeks ago, I finished my last training and I've closed the door on that chapter. And so I've now stepped into a whole new season. And what I will say is this last year has been the most centered, calm, focused. There's a stillness in me, mm. specifically about that particular area of my life, but also it permeates to the other areas of my life because I have plenty of other kind of things that are going on, you know, life chaos. And as we come into the holidays and family and all of those things, but, um, uh, I was noticing while I was delivering this last training that the people around me that I've worked with were grieving. Mm -hmm. So they're having emotional turmoil and upset and I'm completely calm and centered. And they even commented, like, you seem so clear, mm -hmm. so centered and calm in it. And I said, I am, I've been in this unfolding for three years. But that first year, I was a mess for mm. a good, like, maybe even 18 months until I finally said it out loud. I'm doing it. Mm. Okay, so it sounds like saying it out loud gave you that sense of, like, permission, clarity to accept what was like accept all of the whispers the dissonance that you were noticing in your body and then start the journey of coming back to center and i appreciate this example because you said it's like a three-year journey and sometimes we think that it's just like a light switch that happens right. like oh i'm off centered and flip the switch oh i'm on center and so to really share that that was like a longer process and unraveling and coming back to that that happens in life yeah much longer than my ego wanted it to be and not just saying it out loud but saying it out loud to those who were responsible for rehiring me mm -hmm. so saying it out loud to specific people because then there's a level of accountability mm -hmm. for me to stay with what the whispers of my heart were saying and congratulations, because I know that is huge for you. And it is. what a new chapter and like honored to be here with you on this beginning of a new chapter, a new era, a new decade, multiple totally. decades. It is indeed, <laughs> indeed. 
So you mentioned that you notice the whispers and knowing your work deeply and personally and having worked with you, you are so skilled at working with the body to notice and to use it as a tool. And I'm curious, like what were the other signs or symptoms that you were recognizing in your body that were telling you like, huh, pay attention, pay attention. This is something that is giving me some insight that I need to make a change in my life. Yeah, it's great. So I believe in all the work that I've done in the somatic practices and coaching people in, uh, in that manner and in that way, um, you know, the, the body has inherent wisdom and is an incredible resource if we're willing to bring it online in considering like an incredible resource for decision-making, an incredible resource for leadership, an incredible resource for integration or balance or um, creating new pathways for something. And, um, you know, we hear the word intuition a lot, the intuitive hits, moments, um, indications, things like that. I think we experience life at the level of sensation. I actually believe that is the level at which we experience life. Is it the level of physical sensation in our body? How do we know we're alive? We sense it. And in the sensation, we are connected to life force energy. And I think when, I think there is an actual pulse around that and to not go too deep into that, but I think there's a general pulse around that. And I think we know when it thins, when the pulse of vitality and energy, life force energy kind of thins a bit in certain areas of our life and when it feels full and the vitality and the fullness of that, even like a pulse, is it thready, is it thin, or is it full? And just a noticing about that in life, I think is one of the things that I noticed around this particular work that I was doing. Like my reference is the pulse of it, the energetic kind of the way I was experiencing its own vitality of you know excitement or inspiration, it was thinning. There was a thinning in what I was experiencing. It was getting a little bit more thready. I had to work a little harder to, to feel that inspiration that used to come so readily and so available. Um, and I noticed that. There were also, uh, I noticed a little bit slowing pause and a bit of a drag preparing to go on those work trips. Just ever so slightly a pause, ever so slightly, almost like my body was slow to go and just took a little longer to kind of move in that, in that direction. Um, and uh, that sometimes I would notice, I started to have some consistent ailments in my body. Um, so I speak for a living when I was doing public speaking and trainings, like I use my voice a lot. Um, and my voice was being compromised pretty consistently. So there were just various things, kind of that thinning of the vitality and inspiration, uh, kind of I noticed there was a bit of a, a lag and pause and slow to wanna go on these trips. And then also just continued dis-ease and discomfort in my throat. Um, those are just a few, there were many, mm -hmm. but those mm -hmm. were just a few. And my mind worked really hard to override all of them. Right, as the mind does such a good job at doing. Does such a you good know? job. It's such a good one at that. <laughs> so skilled. So for people who have, you know, I would say most of us are trained to be in our minds, right? We go to school, we're trained to feed our minds. And for some people, 
being in their bodies is really challenging. Like mm. being present in their bodies is really challenging or even the ability to tune into sensations. You know, when I mm -hmm. uh, work with my Central City community or clients on mindful eating practices or even just mindful cooking practices and learning to be in the kitchen or my mo movement practices, right? It is can be very challenging. So what are some ways that you work with your clients to activate that sense of connection inwards to pay attention to sensation? Yeah. So great question. And I do this with all of my clients. It's one of the initial interview pieces and intake parts um, because I use it so much. One of my favorite practices is just a simple bringing awareness. So to be able to become aware of, so listeners right now, become aware of if you're seated, can you feel the pressure of the chair that you're seated in against your buttocks? Um, you know, if your back is against the chair or if you move your back against the chair, can you feel the sensation or the pressure? And if you press into it, it increases pressure. If you release away from it, it decreases the pressure. If you bring your awareness, like just lift your tongue to the roof of your mouth and then drop it down open your mouth and let some air come in. Notice just awareness. Can you feel temperature? Can you feel pressure? Can you feel maybe some tingling? Is there kind of an increase in energy or, you know, kind of pulsating? Is there a decrease? Um, you know, if it's, it's just a really simple, I start there. You know, if you rub your palms of your hands together, can you feel the warmth there? Can you feel the friction? Can you feel, so I give them exercises or really simple things just to let them know that you're always sensing in the body, always. And sometimes we become aware of it. And the practice of that to start anywhere, you can start anywhere, you know, driving your car, feel your hands on the steering wheel, you know, and squeeze tighter and release and just notice the difference in the sensation. High sensory awareness is high life force energy awareness. Um, and so I just think that it's super simple and yet we just aren't taught it. Mm -hmm. We're sensing it all the time. We're just not taught to bring our awareness to it or become mindful of it. Um, because we're so busy deciding what the sensation is before we actually know what the sensation is. Oof. Like we decide what the yeah. stomach is doing before we even get connected to what the sensation is in the stomach. I think it's so valuable. It's so simple. It's that same, you know, uh, fear and excitement are experienced the same way at the level of sensation. Fear and excitement are experienced the same exact way in the body. And the body sensation doesn't know the difference. The mind is what discerns the difference and begins to interpret and make meaning of those sensations. And man, if we could just take a moment to create just a little bit of separation between sensation in the body and what the mind decides about that or makes meaning about, oof, there's so much possibility and healing and freedom that's available there. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that because the mind is so quick to discern or judge or make assumptions. And if we can just even just stay curious about the sensation and drop the meaning making in the mind, you know, what freedom there is and just that present moment awareness that you get to create. You mentioned using the body to make decisions. And I think a lot of listeners get stuck in their heads in making decisions. The analysis paralysis, 
you know, the mm -hmm. pros and cons list. And I'm curious, like, how can we use our bodies to navigate making decisions more effectively? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things I often uh, provide as an opportunity for that is um, uh, take two days or three days. And I want you to spend the day thinking only about decision A. And just let yourself live as if that's happening and bring awareness to kind of the quality of your thoughts, but also bring an awareness to what does that feel like in your body? Like, what do you notice? So I'm living into, you know, a, whatever that might be. So I'll use mine as an example. I'm going to live into for a day, leaving this particular part of my career, closing the door on that, right? And uh, I kind of notice the quality of my thoughts, but I also notice what's going on in my body. Like, what do I notice about that? And energetically, like this, the energy that I feel in my day, what do I notice? And then the next day I would live into staying, you know, I stay another year or I stay another two years or whatever, or I stay indefinitely. Notice the quality of my thoughts, but also notice what does that feel like in my body? And to con just consider it, bring it online in the decision-making and then just some journaling exercise or noticing and writing that down. And then the third day I get to just be into the tension between the two and notice, is there a leaning into one or the other from the body? Like, do I notice there's a lightness in my step or do I notice my heartbeat starts to increase? Do I notice there's a, you know, tension in my shoulders? Do I notice there's a fluttering of excitement in my belly? So, you know, just taking that into consideration as a part of our existence and as a part of the you know resource and information we tune to that channel of us that we tune to because we're so used to mind and what we're thinking about it but then also emotion is the next piece and we think if we hit those two that's pretty much all we need and i think the body actually um i'm gonna go ahead and say it i think the body has greater wisdom than either of those and by the way the body functions very highly without our support a lot of times. So the mind can be totally at, an, at odds and our emotions can be at odds, but our body, man, it can still, you know, digest and metabolize and assimilate and shit out what we don't need and move in and bend over and be and right heal. to left, up to down and heal and inside out and breathe and rest and restore and wow, maybe we should pay attention to the system that isn't in dissonance most of the time, that actually by its very nature knows balance, knows integration, knows how to heal, resolve, and metabolize life, and then assimilate it for what's best for us and let go of and release what's not. You know, one of the things I noticed is that when I lived into the day of staying on, I was constipated most of the day. Like, and I'm not making it up. Yeah. I wanted that to not be the case. I <laughs> wanted to make up, oh, it's what I'm eating. It's this, it's that. No, mm. like everything in me slowed down mm -hmm. and it was more difficult for me to move things through my system. Um, mm. And so I just got to note that in my journal. So. Uh, that's such a helpful orientation and what's coming up for me as you're sharing this is the practice of trust of our bodies too mm. like that what our body's going to tell us that we can trust it mm. and 
I know for me personally, the journey of trust has been a journey and trusting my body after getting cancer and not being so conditioned to let the mind think my way through what I need to be doing versus mm -hmm. trusting that initial instinct and mm -hmm. intuitive hit. And, and so a practice that I've been doing recently is noticing what comes up for me in my body first, like taking a big mental note of it and then going for that first and then seeing what happens and then being like, oh, yep, my body was right and kind of feeding that cycle of reinforcement then needing to make and rely only on my mind to make decisions. And that has yeah. been so helpful for me because, man, the idea of, of trust and trust in my body was really challenging. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because oftentimes what I say before we trust, we must listen. Like we don't know what we're trusting if we're not listening. And so it feels like we're blindly trusting, you know, this idea of trusting my body, but I've never actually taken the time to build a relationship with it other than the one that I have that is typically a mental relationship or a productive relationship or what it can do for me in looking good or being more energized or being stronger or whatever. And it does all of that, but as far as a resource of intuition and a sense of um, really a sense of life force energy and who we are and our nature, a connection, a direct connection to our nature. I think you have to listen first, like start to listen and not decide anything about it before we just deepen into the listening, like any other relationship or mm -hmm. communication we want to, we want to listen deeply mm -hmm. so that we can see what's there and see what's trustworthy and see, you know, I mean, I just think we, it's one of those practices I think we could do. What are some of your favorite ways to listen to your body? Well, I've been a journaler since I was 13, started out as a diary that I would lock and nobody yeah. got to see it. And quite Snaps honestly, when I went that. back and read, yeah, totally like when I went back and I read those over, I'm like, it's the same damn conversation again and again and again. <laughs> <laughs> like 13 to 18 is pretty much the same, like tormented, tortured, adolescent, teenage girl around whatever. But um, that practice has lived on through my adult life and i've been consistently journaling not every single day i'm not perfect i gave up the notion of perfection a long time ago but i do journal and and now the way journaling has what journaling has become for me is i get to meet myself there mm -hmm. so every time i open up a new page i meet myself and i meet who's here today and part of my practice in that is I meet my mind today and I meet my heart space and that kind of emotional content landscape. And I meet kind of that soul of me and I meet, um, you know, my body and my sensations and what's going on there. And so it's become an integral part of listening and just paying attention. And I have a practice that I use all the time that I have all my clients do. It's what I call current experience or current present awareness. Um, which is you start with physical sensations and you just take a moment, like a, just a minute, current physical sensations and describe them, write them down. And then I'll gently bring my awareness to the emotional content, like what's present in the emotional body and the emotion system. And I'll just write them down. And then I'll go to the thoughts and thoughts are last. 
for a reason. Mm -hmm. I go to the thoughts, right? And I go, what's the current thoughts? What is the current thinking? And I'll write those down. Um, and then I just kind of look at all of it and realize that if I can just consistently check in on those without needing to change it, fix it, make it different, unless I want to, I can just listen. Then I can get a present moment snapshot, not historical of what I think it is and rehashing all the history of it, not a projection into the future and a rehearsing for what I need to do in the future. But I get just a current moment snapshot of what is really going on with me. Mm. And it's been one of the greatest practices that I do to support me in listening to what's present in my body. And some days it's, you know, my stomach's gurgling, uh, my right eyelid itches, uh, my scalp itches, and, um, you know, there's pressure on my butt with the, from the chair. And then other times there's a lot going on with my body that has me really curious about what's going on. So mm -hmm. I just, I journal, I write it down. I meet myself in that. Mm -hmm. um, when I take walks, I do the same thing. I feel my feet. Uh, I slow it way down and listen my walk. Not what's going on around me all the time. Like, yes, that. But I listen my walk. I listen my footfall. I listen my breath. I listen how my eyes feel. I listen, you know, those kinds of things. So mm. that's also a practice I do. So mm. I listen my walk. Like I listen to this one who's walking and the physical experience of walking right now. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. Yeah. Huge fan of journaling. And it sounds like a version of like a mindful walking practice of really totally. – being present with every step and feeling the whole body internally, externally. What, like, as we step into the holidays, which are an interesting place to be, I mean, I think there's you mean whole... like Christmas decorations out already <laughs> right before Halloween? Like, wow. Like, oh my God. Wow. I, saw, I saw Christmas stuff being sold at the, at like QFC like two weeks ago. And I was I know. Is it just keep getting earlier and earlier yes. and earlier and earlier? I'm like, pretty soon it's going to be the 4th of July. Christmas. And like, and like Cyber Monday deals are already being talked about. I'm like, what is this? Like, what are, we're just in November. So as we step into the holidays, like how can we practice? Because I think this becomes a, you know, there's a lot of anxiety or pressure around around food and our bodies and it's colder weather outside in most places and you know the excuses of like not paying attention to our bodies mm -hmm. i feel like are very there because of like how shimmery and shiny you know everything else is it just distracts us so what is any inspiration to support us coming back to our bodies this holiday that that you so could good. offer us can I ask you a question yeah. as a way to yeah, go please. into this? Mm -hmm. What, how do you experience nourishment? Like when you feel nourished, describe that sensation or describe that experience. For me, feeling nourished is a sensation of like hydrated from the inside out. Like my body feels really, uh, like it has so many like nutrients from from fruits and vegetables and I feel this sense of um, the opposite of infl inflammation. So this sense of just like there's like flow and 
and ease in my body and this deep sense of like heart richness. Mm. That's what, that's what nourishment Mm. feels like to me. Yeah. The first thing I would say to any of the listeners is before we even get to the holidays, define for you what feeling nourished Mm. and celebrated actually feels like. What is the sensation? What are the sensations? And what is the experience? And then ask from now until we move into that, take some time to notice what that is. Like I just made a, you know, I have a cacao bliss chocolate with turmeric in it. Like, it's just like with, it's like a hot cocoa kind of thing, but it's, you know, not very much sugar or whatever. And I made it, I threw a little bit of heavy cream in there. I'm drinking it and everything inside of me is like yummy, yes, like satisfying, um, deeply nourished in the sense of like my heart feels warm from the inside out. My belly feels like there's a sense of ease, the words you said. That's a word I hear a lot from people. There's ease and flow, and it feels like I fill up from the inside out, not from the outside in. That's a common theme that I hear about nourishment, is I'm feeling filled, and it takes less to fill me. Mm -hmm. When -hmm. we're tuned to the sensation, it takes less to fill me up. And then I can just kind of, and I would just encourage that, like. Just be curious and take a walk and listen to walk with what is nourishing? What does that feel like in me? I will tell you that asking hundreds of clients, there's a there's common themes. Mm-hmm. It's pretty consistent for humans. We've mentioned a few of them. Um, and so just, just get to know that and then also celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, does popping some bubbly or having a glass of wine or a little dab of this or a little dash of this. And I tend to think of it that way is go into the holidays feeling nourished and let the celebration be a dab of this, a dazzle of that, or a dash of this versus overconsumption too much mm-hmm. and then regret or resenting that or, you know, the remorse that we can feel around all of that. I love that idea of defining what nourish means to you first because it's so true of when we bring awareness to what we're wanting to feel in the internal and living from that place of can we cultivate it from the inside out, how much less of the outside stuff we look or search for or strive for to fill us. Or need, right? Yeah. And I noticed this like tenfold, obviously, when I'm on like a silent meditation retreat because there's like so so much of the busyness of our world's taken out so that I can really deeply listen and pay attention. But I noticed like just how keeping things so simple also is Mm -hmm. just so nourishing and satisfying and how the holidays can be sometimes the complete opposite of that. Um, Well, totally. And one of my tricks to that too for me personally, because I know food can be a place for me where I'm mm -hmm. just like, you know, it's social, it's, you know, what's acceptable. Everybody wants me to try their new la da 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 And so how can I, before I even go to a party or to a celebration or to a dinner or to whatever, what might I do to nourish myself before I go? Mm-hmm. So that I'm already feeling nourished and less needing the whatever that is. Um, and then just a dash of that. 
-hmm. just a little, you know, just a dab or a dash, dash of that will do. Like, I don't need a whole lot of that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, soups right now are the key for me. Soups. So good. Soups, warm drinks, Mm -hmm. um, spices that are warming. Um, and, uh, in general, that's, I just know as far as food goes and preparing my own food, Mm -hmm. right? So just taking the time and preparing it and that it's okay if I eat my chicken kale soup three days in a row, Mm because it feels nourishing to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Chris, so where can people learn more about you, stay connected to your work and get to follow along? So uh, they can find me. My website is uh, boldlyembodylife.com. All about how do we live ever more boldly and, and embody our life. So that's really the whole theme of that. They can find me there. And um, I primarily right now, as I'm transitioning, focus on one-on-one clients. I do some group coaching, uh, and then I also facilitate workshops that I've designed and created and been delivering for years. One of them is called Grace for Women, A Journey to Wholeness for Women, and then Warrior's Council for Men, uh, a Journey to Finding the Warrior Within for Men. So that's really my focus right now. So they can find me at boldlyembodylife.com. And working with you one-on-one and Grace is amazing. So I can attest to all of the above. Yay! Thanks so much for listening to the Centered in the City podcast. If you found this episode helpful or beneficial, take a moment to think of a loved one in your life, a friend, a coworker, a cousin. I always love getting podcast suggestions from friends or even clients or family members because it feels like they're thinking of me and caring. So It's a beautiful way to stay connected to people in this day and age and to continue the education, the learning, the diving deeper into these topics in a more meaningful way. Until next time, stay centered.